Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Josh Peak. You guys are watching me on YouTube. You can see I'm wearing my Stormtrooper pew, pew, pew shirt. I think it's adorable. Um, I went to the store today to do some shopping, and everybody I ran into was like, hey, Stormtrooper. Because <laughs> it's, it's comical. It's comical looking. Um, I, uh, I said that to say this. Um, watching Disney Plus, there is a show on there called Gallery. And on gallery, they do a behind-the-scenes, step-by-step sort of breakdown of how they made the movie, or the show, I should say, Mandalorian. Mandalorian, of course, is done by John Favreau. Uh, Pedro Pascal plays the Mandalorian, the actual character. Uh, lots of good characters on there. Lots of uh, voices that you'll recognize. Uh, Nick Nolte actually does the voice of this one troll-looking thing that, come to find out, is actually a small person inside of a costume that they mechanically have to make his mouth move and his eyes move. And Very interesting process. Each of these steps of this gallery shows you different steps. Well, this last week, the, the new episodes come out on Monday. This last week, they did an episode on sound and score. So it was... Basically, this guy like coming up with new sounds and new music and trying to stay somewhat true to the Star Wars theme, but also come up with something that was different, something that was separated from John Williams' version of the Star Wars music. So you have to have like a, a congruent theme keep going through, but you want to change it and make it your own. And I think this guy did a great job. Um, the Mandalorian is supposed to be a story of a guy who is sort of on this journey as almost like a samurai, you know, Western type deal of he's on a journey on his own. He's trying to figure out, you know, what to do. And you don't get a lot of hint that he has any help. Like it's a very solace path that he's on until he meets up with this Yoda looking thing they call the child. And, you know, this guy has to come up with music that sort of connects to that samurai lifestyle and that gunslinger lifestyle of the old West. And yet still is somewhat in the star Wars universe. And I think he did a great job. Like I said, it's very fascinating to watch. Um, I'm enjoying each of the episodes. I may have talked about this in the past. They did one with the actors. They did one with the directors. They did one with the, the story arcs and the animators. And they did one with the, visual effects of the, what they call the, um, theater, not the theater, what they call it. They have a, like a virtual room with television screens on the, like on the ceiling and on the round. And the, it's really amazing. Uh, I forget what they call it. They call it something cool. Anyway. Um, it's very neat to watch. I'm enjoying it. I know it's going to come to an end here soon, but it's sort of the bridge between, getting to watch the Mandalorian, enjoy it and then getting ready to watch the next season, which is coming up. Hopefully um, I hear that they've signed on to do multiple seasons. So that's great. I'm looking forward to that. I like new content. Yay. Speaking of new content, there's lots of stuff to watch right now that I don't have time for. Thankfully, you know, this coronavirus thing is somewhat working its way out, whether it's through, people just belligerently going out into public anyway or through the economy going, we have to get going because we're go everybody's going broke. Um, but my business has gotten busier. I work in the food uh, delivery business and restaurants are kicking off really hard. I mean, people are tired of sitting at home. They're ready to go out and they're eating out. 
thankfully, you know, trying to keep their favorite restaurants in business, they're shopping and eating there and uh, we're delivering the food. So thank you to all those people who are coming together and, you know, help keep everybody employed. Um, it is definitely felt on my end. I physically feel it on my end. Kind of, kind of tired and sore today, but, uh, but yeah, so plus we're in the middle of the summer. So everything's kicking off in a high gear anyway. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, there are a lot of shows I want to watch and I'm sure you guys have a list of things that you want to watch as well. Uh, but one of the ones that I'm looking forward to the most is on Disney plus it's a movie that was supposed to be in the theaters, but since theaters are closed, they're just releasing it on Disney plus, uh, it's called Artemis Fowl. Now I don't know anything about Artemis Fowl, except for the fact that my youngest son read these books when he was a kid and he really wanted to go see it at the movie theater. And he's like, I think they're making this a movie, man. If they make it a movie, can we go? And I was like, absolutely. We'll go. I didn't know anything about the movies. I've seen some of the previews now. It looks really cool. I hope that Jacob is able to watch it wherever he's at out in care out in Arizona. Um, it's available. I mean, you can watch it now. I'm going to watch it soon. I'm going to make that a must must do kind of thing. <clears throat> I, um, I have gotten to watch a few things. Um, I know I talked with Greg on the last podcast about that reality show, Too Hot to Handle, which I thought was just silly and whatever, but it was kind of a mindless thing you could turn on and then it didn't really matter what it, what was happening. It was just something to have on that you didn't have to think too hard on and then you go to sleep. So um, I did watch another show that was very tough to watch. Um, and I've talked about this show in the past. The, the show on Netflix is called 13 Reasons Why. And this season is no different than the others. Each of the three seasons so far has been very difficult because it tackles a lot of subjects that a lot of people are uncomfortable about. Um, the first season was about this girl who, Hannah Baker, it's a, it's a made up character, but it's, you know, it's one of those situations where truth mirrors fiction. Sometimes, um, this girl, Hannah Baker commits suicide. And when she does, she leaves behind 13 tapes. That's the, that's the idea for the whole premise of the show is 13 reasons why each episode is a new tape. And Clay Jensen is the main character. He's the guy that reads or he listens to these tapes and he listens to one tape per episode and he's on one of the tapes. And he doesn't know why, but he's on one of the tapes and it's his interaction of consuming the content and trying to wrap his head around what happened and why it happened. And it's not pretty. It's, you know, bullying. It's a feeling of um, being harassed. It's uh, rape. It's a lot of the things that kids are going through nowadays. And I thought like when they first made that first season, like I, I made a point to talk about it on the podcast and I got demonetized across the board for talking about it. I guess advertisers don't want to be attached to the teenage suicide, which I get totally. But I also thought it was important that people talk about it. That was the whole point is I wanted the conversation to happen. Um, especially with kids and their parents and with educators and with, uh, counselors. I mean, I felt like it was a conversation that needed to happen. It was the way they filmed it. They, they decided to show her committing suicide at the end. I mean, obviously this is 
a show, so she didn't actually die. But they decided to depict what would have happened if this character would have done that. And they made a conscious effort to make sure that they showed that it was not pretty and that it was messy and that it was awful and that it was painful and that it left a lot of people in pain. And that was kind of the whole premise of it was to sort of open the dialogue and open the conversation between kids who were going through stuff and the people around them. And you realize as you're watching the show that at any point, if she'd have just opened up to a few people here and there, they would have helped, especially they would have helped knowing what would have happened. But obviously, you know, looking back as always 2020, you go, Oh, well, obviously I would have done this when you're going through it. You don't all, you don't all the time know that. So, you know, the show just continues to challenge people. I think season two had to deal with another uh, sexual abuse situation, uh, another death uh, another um, gun violence situation at a school, and it's pretty intense, very intense. Season three, even even more intense. Season four does not disappoint. Season four, season four is the breaking point of the main character. Like he mentally can't handle all of the stuff that's going on. It's just, and it's interesting to watch how the lives of these characters have changed and how they continue to move forward. And they talk about all of this. They talk about how it's messy and uncomfortable and psychotic in times. And then, and there's moments where they see the ghosts of people from their past and it's, terrifying and yet also therapeutic at times and i'm really impressed with the writers of the show the creators of the show i'm really impressed with the story they were able to tell i don't know that i could have told that story i mean it's very interesting to like take yourself out of your own shoes and go what if i were this person okay it's a totally different thing to go Okay, and what if I also dealt with this? And what if I also had this happen? And what if this character did this? And what if this character thought that? And what if there's a lot of what ifs and, and how would you how would you paint the story of all of these lives interacting with one another in a situation that's not only A believable, two, heartfelt and and can capture the viewer, three, somewhat therapeutic and have like a, a way to button it up and say, This is kind of the story. This is the point of this. And I thought they did a great job. It's not a feel good movie. You're not or show. It's not, it's not a show that you're going to watch and be like, oh, I'm really happy. I watched that. But at the same time, I'm happy. I watched it. Does that make any sense? Maybe it does. I don't know. I hope so. Um, I was going to talk about it last week, but, uh, I had Greg here and we just talked about other things. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback from people saying they really enjoyed us talking about Greg's, uh, piece of crap car and <laughs> some of the inside jokes of us growing up together, uh, with the movie theater and whatnot. Um, I'm hoping that some of those conversations that I have with my friends, you guys listen to, and it helps you make a connection to you and your friends of, Oh yeah, I remember these stories of you know stuff me and my friends did, and it's pretty hilarious. And I can't believe we lived through that. Oh my god, you know. Sometimes it's just fun to hang out with buddies, and so, you know, I like listening to listen. Me personally, I love watching Joe Rogan. I like watching Joe Rogan more when he's hanging out with friends. It's just more fun. I mean, same thing with Bert. I like Bert's podcast, the Bertcast. 
when he's hanging out with people I know he's close with, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good one. I mean, anytime Joe Coy is on anything, I like listening to him be a guest on stuff. Same thing with Whitney Cummings. Same thing with Bert. I mean, Brian Callen, you name it. I mean, there's certain characters that every time they're on someone else's podcast, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great because it's friends hanging out with friends and they tell really great stories and the conversation flows smooth and, you know, everybody's supportive. That's the thing. See, we live in a very volatile time right now where a lot of things are coming to light and thank God they are. And I hate the, the circumstances in which they've come to light, but we're forcing not forcing, we're forced to have the conversation now where a lot of people weren't comfortable having it before. And now it's very uncomfortable. So have the conversation. Talk to your kids. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to your counselors. If you need help, reach out. Find a professional. Talk to a professional. Sometimes the echo chamber of the people that you're around are the negative aspects you don't need. Maybe you need to find a positive influence. Maybe you need to find a comfortable ear to listen to that has an open mind. Maybe you're the problem. I had a theory or I heard this theory one time that said that if you walk out of the house and everybody's a jerk that you run into that day, it might just be that everyone that day is a jerk. If it happens every day, then you're probably the jerk. So take a reflection of your own life, take stock, take inventory and go, Hmm, What's going on? Is it them or is it me? If it's every day, sorry, sorry to tell you this, but it's you. So make a change. Be different. Show effort. That's all it takes. Um, I am currently looking for ideas on how to have some sort of structure over my grill. Now, I know that's kind of a weird way to pivot, but I have a pellet grill and I love my pellet grill. It cooks amazingly with one exception. It has rained a ridiculous amount this year and the rain has caused a problem with my pellets. I'm getting my hopper clogged up a lot. The pellets are falling apart because of the moisture and it's clogging up the auger and then I have trouble cooking. For a while, I have thought about maybe building something, some type of structure that goes over the grill just to keep it out of the rain because I thought, what if I just need to calm the rain down? I mean, I have a, a cover, but even that doesn't do a great job. It does an okay job. Um, but I've thought about building maybe a gazebo or some type of structure to go over it. Um, they also sell some. I've looked on Amazon recently, and they sell some that looks really great. Um, there's one in particular I like that has like this tinted glass so that one piece is like a semicircle, and then the other piece is another semicircle, but it overlaps. So that way your smoke kind of goes out the hole, and then the glass is tinted to, for like UV 400 protection. So that if you're under it and it's sunny, you're not going to get like really hot and overly burned or whatever underneath it. That's kind of cool. Um, I've seen some that are have like a roof that's every side kind of comes up to a middle point, and then the middle point has a has a raised area, and then there's a cover over the top. So the smoke, when it billows up, it goes up into the top, and then it just comes out the sides. And that way, you've got rain protection on four sides. Um, that's kind of cool too. Um, but I don't know. 
I mean, I'm kind of looking for suggestions. If anybody's got suggestions, how about drop me a line? Let me know what you think. Uh, again, I have wood. I've thought about building something, but then I don't want it to just look silly. I mean, I know I could build something and it would look like, oh, look, Fred Sanford's got a smokehouse, you know. But then I got to hear my wife say stuff like, look, Fred Sanford's got a smokehouse. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you guys get what I'm up against, right? I mean, it's sort of me versus me versus my wife in a way. She's the voice of reason. I'm sort of the trains leaving the tracks kind of deal. But also I want to be responsible enough not to just spend a crap ton of money for something that I could have just built. I mean, I don't want to be irresponsible with my money. I mean, there is a theory that you can just go buy something, but there's also the theory of you could just build something and I don't want to be an idiot. That's the whole thing. I want to, I want to ask questions before I do it. I want to get people's opinions and kind of weigh it out. And I'm sure that my wife will tell me what my opinion is and we'll, we'll probably agree to good disagree or agree to agree. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we're also talking about doing a tile job in our kitchen. Uh, I am not looking forward to doing a tile job in my kitchen. I don't know much about tile. I am a little intimidated by tile. Um, we have some tile that are broke in our kitchen and it's, it started a long time ago. Uh, my wife dropped a pot on a tile and it cracked and it, the crack has just continued to grow. And over time, different tiles in the kitchen have cracked. And I think it's because the guy who laid our tile was kind of a slacker. I don't think they did a great job. I've never been extremely pleased with the way the tile turned out. The grout has never looked smooth or even like it's supposed to look. To me, it's always looked a bit rough, like they just slapped it down and went, that's good enough, and then just ran out of the room. Um, the problem is, it's in our kitchen, our main living area, the area that we do everything in. So I would have to move everything out of there. It extends underneath our stove and underneath our fridge, so we'd have to move that stuff out of there. We'd have to figure out how to live outside of that room for a while until it could be done. And if I were to do it, I'm afraid that I would do a crappy job. And then from that point on, every, every time my wife would walk in there, she would say, look, you screwed up this part. This part ain't right. This is the, and I'd have to listen to it. And then I'd just resent her and I'd want to stab her. And I don't want to do that because I love her. I don't really want to stab her, but I mean, I just, I'd just be angry. And if I have somebody else does it like a professional, maybe they'll do a great job and I won't have to hear any of that. And it'll just be happy go lucky from that point on. And people will come over and they'll marvel at the wonderful floor and they'll be like, Oh my God, the floor looks so great. And we're like, I know, right. I got so-and-so to do it. And then if he does like anything wrong, I can go, man, you should call him. <laughs> I'm gonna go to work. You, you call him, call him up tell him he needs to fix that. But let's be honest. I mean, if somebody does tile for a living and they do a good job, they're going to do a good job and it's going to look great. I mean, if that's what they do for a living, they're probably good at it, right? That's my theory anyway. If I do it, you're going to go, wow, Josh did that, didn't he? <laughs> it's kind of like when I painted the Rambler. I don't know if you guys ever saw the Rambler, but it kind of looks like I painted it myself because it, it, that's what happened. The cool part about it is, is on pictures, it looked great. I mean, you can't even tell that I painted it myself in pictures. Thank you, Instagram filters. Uh, <laughs> But it catches your eye and like immediately kids walk over to it and they're like, oh, cool flames. That was kind of the point. 
the point was I wanted people to walk over to it and look at it and check it out and go, wait, what kind of car is this? Because no one can tell what a Rambler is. They all think it's a Nova or they think it's just some random Falcon or you know Dart or something like that. And it kind of looks like all of those. I mean, but then it starts the conversation. And at some point, one of the kids is going to go, but I could paint better. Yeah, that's the kind of the idea, kid. Go out there, get a cool car, paint it, build it, get involved. Because if kids aren't involved in that kind of stuff, all that car culture goes away. Like that's the thing. My dad and I have talked about that in the past. You know, anytime you have a cool old car and you spend a whole crap ton of money to make it look perfect because you hired somebody to do it all. And then you go to a car show and you put signs up saying, don't breathe on my car. Don't touch my car. Don't get near my car. You're basically telling kids, I don't want you part of this. This ain't you. This is me. This is all for me. My ego, my money, my, mine, 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 mine. Okay. So if a kid sees that, they go, all right, fine. That's yours. I, I can't afford that. And they don't get involved. They don't do anything. This is where the rat rod culture comes into play. The rat rod culture takes old crappy cars. They don't care what the outside looks like. They just hammer out some metal, maybe throw a little clear on top of some rust and they make a great engine underneath that runs really well. I mean, they focus on performance and safety and then, you know, everything else just is supposed to look rough. Now to the kids, they walk up and they hear the motor and they're like, what is that? And they walk over and they see this thing and they're like, wait, it kind of confuses them because they're like, is that cool or is it not cool? I don't know. Trust me, it's cool. Go check it out. Go ask about it. Go be part of it. That kind of stuff's going to help all this grow and continue. I mean, let's face it. I'm excited about Teslas. I think the world's going to go eventually to electric cars. These hot rods, there's going to come a time where we, we're going to marvel at the fact that anything used to run on gas. I mean, you're going to have some 2000 Explorer pull up at a car show and you're like, oh, wow, I remember Explorers. Those were cool. No, they weren't. <laughs> Not really. They were purposeful, but they weren't cool. But that's what it's going to turn into. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the fact that if we don't keep kids interested in these neat cars, these old, beautiful works of art, then it all goes away. And it's just, it's at that point, it's sad. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm barking up my own tree here. Maybe I'm trying to pump myself up. My dad right now on YouTube, R-P-E-E-K, R-P-E-E-K go to his YouTube page. He is He has just put a completely rebuilt 283 in his rat rod. And five-speed transmission, awesome exhaust system. It sounds amazing. And it's hauling butt, man. It looks great. It sounds great. He's fine-tuning it so that it runs a little smoother. It's it's awesome. I can't even I can't even go into explicitives because I'll start cursing. But it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Go check it out. He's got some videos. I think of it running on his Instagram Banjo Peak. Uh, check it out. It's really cool. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Danny McWilliams. He has the YouTube channel uh, stuff I kind of care about. This past week, he made a LARPing shield. For those of you who don't know, LARP is live action role play. And 
it can double as a riot gear shield or protest banner shield. He's like, a lot of these protests are using rubber bullets and this could kind of protect you from getting hurt. But it's a cool looking LARPing shield. Like if you wanted to have live action role play, it's a neat looking shield. I had no idea how to build one of these. And he showed you step by step how he built one using some plyboard, some some fasteners for it to for it to fit on his arm, some foam pads, and then covering it with a with like glue and a fabric, and it just it looks beautiful. But beyond all that, he starts off his whole video with a thing saying, "Listen, I stand for Black Lives Matter. I'm I'm supporting them. If you don't like this, then leave. This is my channel. I reach uh, you know a very small amount of people, but this is still my channel, and this is what I believe in." And I'm not saying that all lives don't matter, but until this changes, we need to we need to recognize the fact that black lives matter. And I applaud you, Danny. That was a great statement to say, and I I couldn't have said it better. You did a great job. I'm proud of you, man. I'm I'm with you. You're right. So there's lots of things changing right now. I know people are sick of politics and they're sick of all this stuff that's going on, and they just want things to get better. They want some healing to take place. But the pain is what makes the, the 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 pain is what makes the healing change. This is what causes the change. This is what creates the change. Is the conversation, the uncomfortableness of the fact that people are being killed for no reason other than just being black. This needs to happen. This conversation has to happen. These people don't need to die for nothing. There needs to be real police reform. There needs to be reform in the way black people are looked at. I mean, yes, we are all faced with obstacles and things that are tough, but being a color of skin does not need to be one of those obstacles. This past week, a young man was shot. Now, granted, he was drinking and driving and was being arrested for drinking and driving, and he resisted arrest and grabbed a cop's taser, and then he ran away. And in him running away, he was shot three times. I was in the military. I understand when you're supposed to use deadly force is when you feel like you're trying to save your life. When is running away saving your life? Where was he going to go? You had his ID. You know who he is. Why did you need to kill him? Just another example. I wish I had his name in front of me. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. I know it's disrespectful not to. Do I understand what the cops are going through? Listen, I watched the cops' own body cam. They put that online. His own body cam. He tried to handle things the right way. He did 99% of things the right way until he shot and killed this guy. We got to do better as a people. We got to be kinder to one another as a people. We got to consider human life. I don't know how this is so tough. I mean, in a lot of ways, this reminds me of the conversation where um, parents were forgetting that their kid was in the back seat and they were locking their cars and going into places and shopping. And there was some PSA about make sure to put something of value in the back seat so you don't forget your kid. And it's like something of value. What? your kid's not a value really how distracted are we it's those moments where you go well of course you should get it this is kind of the point of all this isn't it i mean this is another example 
Cops need better training. Tim Scott, our representative from South Carolina, helped draft a bill for police reform. It's a great bill. He talks about it. Listen, I heard him speak and I was like, that's how a president should speak. That's exactly how a president should speak. Holy crap. This is what our president should have said when all this was happening. I'm not a fan of Trump right now. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Biden right now. I'm not a fan of either one of those guys. I don't think either one of them is qualified to be our president. It's up to us. It's up to everybody else. We got to do our part. I know you guys listen to me sometimes for enjoyment, sometimes to take your mind off the fact that you're working, sometimes to, I don't know why, honestly, I don't know why you guys listen to me. Thank you for listening to me though. Um, for me, this is my own therapy. This is my way of getting out what's in my stupid brain. Um, it's sort of my reflecting on the time and just cataloging my life in a way. And it's called stuff I heard. So it can be conversations that I've had, things I've watched, all this other stuff. I had a conversation yesterday with a, a guy and he's like, so what do you talk about? And I was like, everything, anything, doesn't matter. So, I mean, if you're out there and you're like, hey, man, I'd kind of like to talk about this. Okay, let me know. Reach out to me. Tell me a subject you might be interested in. Tell me something I should be interested in. If you're interested in something you want to talk about it, come on the podcast. We'll talk about it. Create conversation. Create community. That's kind of the whole goal here. We all grow together. I got called out recently on a podcast. This guy said, you said you don't want to just be in an echo chamber, but you kind of are. And he's right. And I said, you're right. You're absolutely right. I can grow just like everybody else. So anywho, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you to everybody who's listened and subscribed and reviewed the podcast and shared it with your friends. Um, continue to do so. I need all the help I can get. This thing is growing slowly, but it's growing. So, yay. Um, I'm looking forward to the next week. Father's Day is coming up Sunday. If you haven't thought about it yet, you need to remember to call your father and tell him thank you. I love you. Thank you for putting up with all my craziness. Thank you for dealing with my idiocracy and teaching me some things and showing me the way and trying to be an example. And listen, I know all that doesn't go with every father. I know there's a lot of fathers who missed out, tried to find their own way, neglected their kids. There's no Father's Day cards that you can get out there that says, sorry, I wasn't around for a bunch of years. But, I mean, you can't hold on to that stuff. You got to move forward. So move forward. Use what time you have left. Make it count. I'm trying to. So... Love you guys. Have a great day. And as always, cue the cow. <laughs>